The following program is an encore presentation. Just give us one hour, and we'll help you change the way you think about happiness. Harvesting Happiness with Lisa Cypress Kamen is a fresh talk radio approach promoting happiness from the inside out. Happiness is a choice, and happiness can be cultivated and harvested. Each week, Lisa shines her light on well-being and global human flourishing by presenting a diverse and proactive collection of the greatest thinkers and doers who have devoted their lives to creating a better world in which to live. Just give us one hour, and we'll help you change the way you think about happiness. Harvesting Happiness with Lisa Cypress Kamen is a fresh talk radio approach promoting happiness from the inside out. Happiness is a choice, and happiness can be cultivated and harvested. Each week, Lisa shines her light on well-being and global human flourishing by presenting a diverse and proactive collection of the greatest thinkers and doers who have devoted their lives to creating a better world in which to live. As a filmmaker, positive psychology coach, author, professor, and change agent specializing in the field of happiness, Lisa Cybers Kamen is widely recognized as an expert in the field. On the show, she also focuses on military families and service personnel returning with PTSD, traumatic brain injury, and other post-deployment civilian life reintegration issues. So, let's spend some time getting to the heart of the matter on Harvesting Happiness on toginet.com. And now, here's your host, Lisa Cypress-Kamen. Good afternoon and good evening wherever you are. Welcome to Harvesting Happiness Talk Radio where we explore the very serious business of happiness, sustainable well-being, and human flourishing. We are not talking about that annoying yellow smiley face. No, no, no. We are talking about something much deeper and critical to the success of humanity. Authentic happiness is not selfish, egotistical, or narcissistic. In fact, it is essential in order for humankind to thrive. Sustainable happiness is important because it not only elevates our own well-being locally, but also contributes to collective global flourishing. The achievement of a happy life is not only positively good for us, it is constructively good for those around us. In short, 
Happiness Matters. Happiness comes from the heart, and this show is all about the heart. Before we bring on our guest today, I invite you to join our conversation live by calling us at 877-864-4869. Again, that's 877-864-4869. You can connect with us at our chat room on toginet.com or follow me on Twitter at Lisa Kamen or HH Talk Radio, and even tweet at us with the hashtag Harvesting Happiness. All right, we are talking about the holidays. They are, I wouldn't even say creeping up upon us. They are here. And the holidays often represent a very complicated and stressful time for many. Firstly, all the the shopping hullabaloo. Secondly, the family relationships that we get to reconnect and plug back into, many of which we don't uh, necessarily have a lot to do with during other times of the year. And this can present stress. So we are devoting this show about the holidays and how to manage the holidays, how to manage our stress, and even manage our goals and gratitude in the coming year. My first guest is a fellow TogiNet sister radio show host. She is a speaker, author. Her name is Kimberly Rinaldi, and she joyfully shares her decades of experience as a certified master trainer of hypnotherapy, EFT, NLP, success coaching, and Reiki. Having created a highly successful private coaching practice, Kimberly now teaches lessons in joyful living. We love this. She believes in empowering others, and through that, we have the ability to break through any and all barriers. Good morning, Kimberly. Thanks for joining me. Good morning, Lisa. Thank you so much for having me this morning. Oh, it's a delight. It's a delight to speak with another joyful liver out there in, in, in the planet, on the planet. Absolutely. It is a conscious decision and I love I love your platform. I love your direction. And you're right, this is a choice. We have choices in every emotion we feel. We do. It is the only thing actually that we really have full control over and that uh, often strikes people as awkward because we think that life is so out of control we really can't control what goes on and we can't control what goes on out there. But we can with training, control what goes on inside. Absolutely. Absolutely. And the holidays is a time to really sit down, focus, and decide what control and what direction you want to go with it. Well, let's talk about the holidays and why they are, are so stressful. I mean, I touched upon just two, two of the highlights. One is all the, the, um, the commerce that's around the holidays, the shopping and, and buying and going and running and doing and partying. And then the other side is a, a more softer side, and that is what happens when we reengage with family and friends that we might not necessarily have a consistent relationship or a, a, an easy one, a smooth relationship with. Right. And, excuse me, I think the important thing to do is before you start making any decisions is really sit down and focus on your outcome. Get clear about what it is you want and manage those expectations. You can't do it all. You shouldn't spend it all. So start deciding what's going to bring you joy and back it out from there. Well, when we talk about spending it all, one of the things that I do because I am on a budget myself is I, I set a budget. I said, well, I'm going to spend only X amount of dollars for my holiday gifts, and I stick to it. So that is a conscious decision that I'm making not to place myself in holiday debt deficit. 
that's the first thing that I do around that. And it does work, and it works in terms of giving that structure to our older children that may also be in the shopping spirit. Absolutely. And one of the things that I also tell people is be clear with that budget. And if you can, pay cash. You don't want to be paying for the excesses of the holiday season into August and September. It doesn't make sense. It brings you down. Yes, the cash culture around the holidays is very, very, very helpful. And it makes you very conscious of what you're spending. You know, there are no mise wells, there are no little extra gifties that get in there because you're really aware that money leaves your, your wallet, goes on the counter, you leave with the shopping bag, and the transaction is over. So that That's is a, right. that is a great tip. Let's talk about the stressful uh, relationships and family situations that often arise during the holidays. Do those really happen? No, <laughs> they do. <laughs> um, for most of us, we grew up uh, watching It's a Wonderful Life with the happy endings, watching all of these uh, holiday movies. You know, we're talking about the American culture specifically. Uh, we've got Norman Rockwell paintings to look back on. And the reality of it is, and, and I love this and I say it all the time, every family has its own brand of crazy. You just get familiar with yours. So come the holidays, under stress, sometimes that crazy comes out in ways that is unhealthy. And what I want people to understand, again, manage those expectations. So stop putting pressure on yourself to create the perfect holiday for your family and friends. Focus on what makes the time special for you. And if you know Uncle Bob is going to get tanked and start talking politics and guns after dessert and that makes you uncomfortable, then set limits on your visit. Perhaps pumpkin pie to go is not a bad thing. Think about it. You know, it's going gonna, it's gonna to preserve that relationship with Uncle Bob. You're not going to get yourself stressed out. Um, think about where you are in the circumstance. And sometimes, even for myself, and I teach this, I do this 365 days a year, I'm an introvert. I know I have to, in the middle of the holidays, take off, hide away in a hotel with blackout curtains and just shut off the world for at least two days. I do that for me so I can be there for others. This is a point well taken. And, and I, one other thing I want to bring up about the, the Uncle Bob scenario, and this comes, I think, with age and experience, that instead of being put off by Uncle Bob, who is, you know, getting tanked and talking about, you know, politics and, and guns after dinner, one can adopt another way of looking at Uncle Bob and simply choose to accept that Uncle Bob is who he is and that he has probably a hundred other good qualities, and, and be bemused, to choose to, to look at him with um, humor, with, with uh, kindness, and say, you know what, that's Uncle Bob, and he's entitled to his opinion, and it's not going to ruin my day. And that's a radical shift from um, the place of judgment that we often find ourselves in. Well, and it's not even judgment. And for me, the issue is, you know, one is step one and the other is step two. Sometimes we have to remove ourselves to find that place. Because honestly, sometimes it's hard to step into that and value and accept other people's space in this world if you haven't been doing it throughout the year. So the holidays just put a magnifying glass on the behavior. So the more you practice at it, absolutely, the better you get. I can sit and just, uh, you know, I can have those conversations with Uncle Bob all day long. 20 years ago, not so much. I had to remove myself to find where I was in it. Exactly, and I think that that is a byproduct of time and space or, you know, or age or mileage, however you want to look at it, and that does take time, and it, it is the ability to hold that space for another person to accept them without judgment and laugh along with them and not at them 
is also in direct correlation as to how good we are able to do that for ourselves. Exactly. Exactly. It's that space that we have come to find that presence, that peace from within and not looking for it externally, which again goes back to managing the expectations. When you know you can build the best, most nurturing, happy situation around the holidays from within, you stop putting those unrealistic expectations outward. Indeed. And this is a practice. We are going to a break, and when we return, we are going to carry on our conversation with Kimberly Rinaldi about lessons in joyful living, not just for the holidays, but making every day a joyful day. We know that life is tough and that happiness can and does live along with adversity. We'll be right back to explain how on Harvesting Happiness with Lisa Cypress-Kamen on toginet.com. Like us on Facebook at Harvesting Happiness and on Twitter at HH Talk Radio. Lisa returns with more of Harvesting Happiness following this short break. Nothing gives happiness like a free gift. Lisa Cypress came and has made her first ebook, Got Happiness Now? Eight Keys to Unlocking a Joyful Life. Available at no cost to everyone. Unwrap your complimentary copy now by visiting www.harvestinghappinesstalkradio.com. Are you or do you know a returning U.S. military man or woman in need of restoring joy in their lives? Did you know that our nonprofit, Harvesting Happiness for Heroes, offers stigma-free combat trauma and post-deployment reintegration programming? Check us out at www.hh4heroes.org. That's HH, the number four, and heroes.org. Happiness is an inside job. Wear the message on T-shirts, baseball caps, sterling silver designer jewelry, and more. Please visit our online boutique at www.harvestinghappiness.com. Welcome back to Harvesting Happiness with Lisa Cypress-Kamen on Toginet, the show dedicated to promoting happiness because happiness is a choice and happiness can be cultivated and harvested. So let's get back to it. It's Harvesting Happiness on toginet.com. And now back to your host, Lisa Cypress-Kamen. Welcome back. If you're just joining us now, we are focusing on goals, gratitude, and de-stressing during the holidays. And that may seem like an oxymoron. An oxymoron. I'm sorry, not oxymoron. Oxymoron to de-stress during the holidays because the holidays are often a time of great stress and internal turmoil. And my guest today is Kimberly Rinaldi. She joyfully shares decades of experience as a certified master trainer of hypnotherapy, EFT, NLP, and coaching, as well as Reiki. And she and I are talking about how to find some comfort and balance within ourselves when we're in the family dynamic with Uncle Bob, who has gone off the rails you know, perhaps imbibing too much and, in, and, and maybe being a little obnoxious. And how do we find a center within ourselves to continue to be in or at the party? So, Kimberly, let's talk about these stressful situations and how it impacts our children 
as well and what we can do to help them have a more balanced, joyful holiday in these situations. Absolutely. And the important thing is to remember, whatever you are doing, you are modeling for your children. It doesn't matter what you say. There's, there's a beautiful saying, and I always forget who to ascribe it to, but the saying is, I cannot hear what you say because what you do speaks so loudly. Mm. So model the behavior you want your children to see. And the importance of this, especially when I talked about, and I know I mentioned it before we went to break, I talked about the holidays putting a magnifying glass on everything. You have to be, if you're not in a practice for the entire year, understand that magnifying glass is going to bring up things that are going to cause stress. And you have to find that balance within. So this is the time where we're traditionally told, step outside yourself, do more. I'm going to tell you, step inside, do more for you. Um, Maintain regular sleeping, eating, and exercising schedules. Take that time for you. Limit alcohol. You know, holidays are about celebrating. I get it. But remember, alcohol dehydrates, depletes vitamin B, and is ultimately a depressant. It's not helping in the long run. Get organized. Keep a calendar. Decide what you're going to do. Because as I mentioned in the beginning, you cannot do it all. And this is especially true for women. I don't often get men who say, gosh, how can I do it all? How can I be a father? How can I you know, do my work and be a member of society? Women are the ones who ultimately have the greater pressure to do this stuff. And we say yes to more things than we should very often. Um, we already touched on budget. We touched on realistic expectations. Here's a big one. Learn to say no. Say no to things that are not going to bring you joy so you have time and energy and room for the things that will. You know, whether it's a slice of fruitcake, and I I only know two people in this world who enjoy it, my answer is no thank you. Cheesecake, absolutely please, thank you. Um, Think about life that way. Say no to the things that just simply aren't bringing you joy. There's no reason to do it. There's no obligation other than the internal one that you created. And I'm going to touch on me time Oh, go ahead. Yeah, I just want to jump in here one thing about the the art of saying no, because Mm -hmm. this is something you're right. Women have a very, very hard time with in particular. And we have this difficulty in general because it's a self-esteem issue, that somehow if we say no, that we are going to disappoint others, they're going to see us as less than and they won't love us on some level. That, that by saying no, that somehow that disappointment that the other will experience will diminish our value in some way. And that is a lie. It's a myth. It is. And there, there is an art to saying no. Now, eventually, once you get that art, you understand no is a whole and complete sentence, which can be a little tough around the holidays. And I've been teaching this. I'm for, I'm, it is. I'm 47 years old. I learned this at 21. I've been teaching it 26 years. There is a wonderful way to say no that really honors that other person. And the response is no, but thank you for asking. I don't care what the question is. If you can smile with joy in your heart and love and come from that place and say, no, but thank you for asking 99 times out of 100, you're not going to get the family member going, but and trying to talk you into it. You've just honored their ability to ask you for something. It's a wonderful tool. Try it. Well, it's part of that active listening. It's part of really paying attention to what the other person is saying, valuing what they're saying, although you may not agree with it, hence the response of no. But it is demonstrating also how you wish to be treated. Right. 
And it does, you know, that doesn't give Anne Helen room to say, but, you know, we expect you and everybody's coming. No, but thank you for asking. And if you have to, rinse and repeat as many times as it takes. (laughs) That's great. Rinse and repeat. I like that very much. And what I hear you saying is that some of these very simple strategies that you're sharing with us can be used as almost the, the ushering in of the new year, that it's setting up the framework for how we are going to choose to be moving forward. If we've not had this practice in place for the, for the year leading up to this holiday season, we can make this the to-do list moving forward, using the holidays as the preamble to how we're going to work it for ourselves in the year to come. Absolutely. And I don't do New Year's resolutions. New Year's resolutions feel like a pass or fail. I do themes. I sit down and I work with my clients. I work with myself. We come up with a mission statement for the year. We do a theme. We work on it knowing that that's the direction the year is headed. And guess what? We get to work on it for the whole year and we get to improve our lives and we get to take it into the next year with us because we're building a practice. Yes. And the mission statement is a fabulous, fabulous tool. I, too, use it with my clients and in workshops and programming that we do. And um, it does leave room for variability. That is one of the – it's a flexible tool. You know, a resolution is I will do this, and often we fall short because we're unable to meet the criteria that we set up for ourselves. But a mission statement is – all about setting the course for where we want to go and what we're willing to do to achieve it. Absolutely. And and just like in business, and I spent over 20 years in a corporate environment, just like in business, a mission statement changes as you change. Your vision statement are your core values that, that most of the time don't change, but those are the things, those are your drivers, those are your strategies. And look at life as a practice. Look at how you can improve day to day. It makes such a difference. And then come the holidays next year, guess what? It's going to be easier. It's going to be more joyful. You're going to have taught your children, hey, this is what we can expect. We don't have to, you know, have the hour of getting ready and pissing and moaning behind the scenes before we go to grandma's for an hour of, you know, fighting with Uncle Bob and Aunt Kathy. We can enjoy it. We can be peaceful. We can find our place in it. Which brings me to the magic words of thank you and of gratitude because this is a uh, very, very valuable tool to all of this. This is is one of the secrets. Absolutely. I call it bless. Yeah, I call it blessing the lesson. When you can bless the lesson, you know you're on the other side. You've healed. And good, bad, or indifferent, there's a lesson in everything. Understand that every single experience you have is truly neutral until you put a value on it. The good news is you can go back and revalue anything. You can find that joy even on things that happened 65, 70 years ago. I've worked with clients who carried pain, anguish, anger, whatever it was for 60, 70 years. It's only too late the day after you're dead. So think about Mm -hmm. blessing the lesson. Think about that gratitude. Find your place in it. Find that ownership because when you own it, you can change it. And this goes for the stressful situations with Uncle Bob and Aunt Kathy. You know, to, to see that silver lining, to see to see the lesson or the gift of the opportunity and the gift of the circumstance. 
Absolutely. And you may have received your ability to be outspoken from Uncle Bob, and you may have received your ability to be exceptionally, um, you know, emotional and passionate from Aunt Kathy. You know, these may be genetic markers. We don't know. But the reality is find the beauty in it. Find the beauty in it. We are almost out of time, but before we go, I want to touch upon something else that you uh, love working with, and that is intuition. Absolutely. I get asked Let's talk all- about it. Absolutely. I get asked all the time by people, you know, how do I know if I'm psychic? My response is, well, are you breathing? Because truly, <laughs> you know, each and every one of us has that intuitive ability. Whether it is genetically coded, we really don't know what all our DNA does. Whether it is because we have eternal spirits that we're connected to, I'm not here to tell you what your belief set is. What I am here to tell you is we all have that ability. If you get quiet, if you learn how to practice mindfulness, if you learn how to listen, you're not going to spend the next day going, oh crap, I should have done that. I knew I needed to do that. You're going to spend the next day going, yeah, I was on it. I felt that. I made the right decision. I moved in the right direction. And when you get to that space, you will honestly find your life moves so much easier. I I couldn't agree more. And it is about living from the heart, living from that centered, balanced place in the middle, equanimity is the vocabulary word that I I love to use, you know, to find that place of equanimity. And when we're in that space, intuition can kick in because we've we've made an area for it. When we're so busy being stressed, so busy running and doing and not paying attention, we miss these cues that that our subconscious or our conscious even gives us or our higher power gives us. So the intuition is a, is a huge part in all of this and, and gratitude and being patient with yourself, being kind with yourself, carving out space, as you call it, the me time, you know, knowing when to retreat um, and allow yourself the quiet or allow yourself the pleasure of simple activities that bring you joy as ways of managing not just the holidays, but everyday life. Absolutely. So start making this your practice. Start moving forward start moving forward. Well, it has been a pleasure having you on the show. When is your show airing on TogiNet? Give us the the deets of your show. I'm on actually five days a week. I'm on at 10 a.m. Pacific time. So very shortly after we're done, I am going to be prepping for my show. So I'm on the Rockstar um, extension of TogiNet at 10 a.m. Monday through Friday. Wonderful. To learn more about Kimberly Rinaldi, you can visit her at KimberlyRinaldi.com. Once again, that's KimberlyRinaldi.com. On Twitter, she is at live underscore joy underscore Foley. And on Facebook, Kimberly Rinaldi's Lessons in Joyful Living. So we love having you on the show. We wish you a very happy, blessed, stress-free thankful holiday season and new year, Kimberly, and good luck on your show on the Rockstar Network at TogiNet. Here come the tunes. When we come back, we're going to bring another TogiNet uh, host on the show, and she's going to share with us about heart-filled holidays. Here come the tunes, and we will return. We know that life is tough and that happiness can and does live along with adversity. 
We'll be right back to explain how on Harvesting Happiness with Lisa Cypress Kamen on toginet.com. Like us on Facebook at Harvesting Happiness and on Twitter at HH Talk Radio. Lisa returns with more of Harvesting Happiness following this short break. Like what you hear on Harvesting Happiness Talk Radio? Subscribe to us on iTunes and get your weekly dose of joy downloaded free and easily to your computer or portable device. That's Harvesting Happiness Talk Radio on iTunes. likes to win, enter our weekly contests at Harvesting Happiness on Facebook where we give away our guests' books, music, film, and products each week. In addition, we also do great Harvesting Happiness giveaways like free coaching sessions with Lisa Cypress Kamen, Lisa's Books, Happiness First Aid Kits, H-Factor Where Is Your Heart documentary film, Happiness is an inside job products, including the Sterling Silver Infinity Bracelet that benefit Harvesting Happiness for Heroes, a nonprofit whose mission is to assist our returning military personnel and their loved ones challenged by combat trauma and other post-deployment reintegration issues. Join us at Harvesting Happiness on Facebook. Nothing gives happiness like a free gift. Lisa Cypress came and has made her first ebook, Got Happiness Now? Eight Keys to Unlocking a Joyful Life, available at no cost to everyone. Unwrap your complimentary copy now by visiting www.harvestinghappinesstalkradio.com. Welcome back to Harvesting Happiness with Lisa Cypress-Kamen on Toginet, the show dedicated to promoting happiness because happiness is a choice and happiness can be cultivated and harvested. So let's get back to it. It's Harvesting Happiness on Toginet.com. And now back to your host, Lisa Cypress-Kamen. Welcome back to Harvesting Happiness Talk Radio. If you're just joining us now, I urge you to download the free and easy iTunes podcast of this episode because we are talking about enjoying stress-free holidays. And this may be an oxymoron for some, but it is doable. And my second guest today is Sandy Fowler. She is the host of Heart Filled Holidays Radio, also on TogiNet, the author of Beyond Eggnog and Mistletoe, Creating a Stress-Free Holiday Season You'll Love, and the co-creator of The Keys to Getting What You Want, Four Little-Known Communication Secrets. She's a wife, mom, and business owner whose passion is helping women find the joy in everyday life through simple and practical strategies. Welcome, Sandy. Hi, Lisa. Thank you so much for inviting me to be on the show today. I am thrilled to be here. Oh, I am. I am thrilled and happy that you're here as well. Let's jump right in here about heart-filled holidays, what this means, because heart-filled holidays does not mean shopping-filled holidays necessarily. (laughs) No, it doesn't. And in fact, depending on you and what you enjoy, you could totally get rid of the shopping completely and just push that right off the plate. (laughs) But uh, no, heart-filled holidays is about 
loving and enjoying your celebrations, your life, not even just the one day or the one hour of an event, but to enjoy your life every day, all the preparations, all the planning. How can we do these things in a way that brings us real happiness, that fills up our hearts you, you know that bursting feeling lisa right where you, like you know you're sitting and, and maybe you're going over an old wonderful memory and you know how your heart feels when that happens we want at heartfelt holidays we want every day to have moments like that we do and one way we can capture that you know that sensation of you know having heartfelt moments and being fulfilled and having a holiday spirit every day of our lives comes from some basic tools, and one of them, I, and I don't know that you related to this, but the, the traditions of, of having tradition and ritual that uh, reminds us and anchors those good feelings that we want to continue to create in our lives. Yes, traditions and rituals are amazing tools. They are things that I absolutely love. I also like to just caution people to remember that it can be a double-edged sword if you hold on so tight to your traditions that you won't allow anything to change or to slip away then you can end up ruining your holidays especially as you know life changes people get older kids grow up you know we were the kids once who grew up and moved out and you, know, you may have kids or nieces and nephews or your parents situations may be changing life changes and grows so what i love is when people can take tradition and use the what i would what i would really call like the root of joy in your tradition. So kind of go back to it and go, what do I like? Lisa, what's one of your favorite traditions? And since we're so close to Christmas, what's your, one of your favorite Christmas traditions? Well, I, first of all, I'm not, I'm, I'm not Christian, but I celebrate Christmas. So the whole okay. Christmas thing, the tree is uh -huh. like fabulous for me and okay. for my kids. And so, you know, and I can really tap into what you're saying because I have older teens now and the last place my children want to be for Christmas is with me. <laughs> and it broke my heart at first. And then I was like, you know, I get it. Almost 15, almost 17. They have places to go and people to hang with, and it's not the parents. Yeah, and in that, you know, you have a choice then, right? Which, I mean, obviously you've already worked through that, but it's easy to get stuck as a parent and go, what do you mean you don't want to be here with me? My oldest is in college, and when she came home at Thanksgiving, I got to see her, well, on Thanksgiving Day, along with every relative in the world. <laughs> Other than that, I had, you know, like a couple of hours in the car with her. And she was busy or sleeping or studying or visiting. She was doing things. And we have that choice to sit there and hang on to it and go, oh, my gosh, you know, I can't believe that they don't want to spend time with me. And it's not that. It's not that they don't love you anymore. That's just changing. So, so if we can go back, like one of my favorite traditions, going back to the Christmas tree, is when my husband and my two girls and I decorate our tree. But it's not that we need to hold on to the tradition of decorating the tree. Because, again, we saw this year, that's just not going to happen. We haven't even decorated ours yet because we were waiting for her to get home to go get it. And then you got to get Aww. it put up and you got to get the lights on it. And we have it planned to do 
a couple of days before Christmas because that's when we could fit it in. And it was just that eye-opener. So I started going, well, what do I love about decorating the tree? And it's not physically hanging the ornaments on there. It's just being with these three people who mean the world to me and reminiscing, sharing stories. Because we have what you know other people might think is an ugly Christmas tree because it has all the crazy ornaments, the things they made when they were little that are in tatters, the stuff the dog chewed up. It's all on the tree. And every ornament that we're putting up has a little story with it. So with, yeah. when you have traditions like that and life changes or, you know, there's too much going on, go to the core of what you love about it and go, okay, so how can we still get that? Not necessarily doing this tradition, but how can I spend time with these three people just sort of reminiscing about our life? And it might be over dinner or over Skype. It could be anything. So hang on it, to yeah. your traditions, but, but be flexible in how you get what you want from them. Or create new ones. You know, now that yes. my children are older and they and my, my kids are, they are, you know, sophisticated. They like music. They like art. They like going out for a great meal. And so one of the things I've learned is to redesign these traditions so they meet the needs of where everybody's at. So for me to take them out, we're going back east, for example, tomorrow night. So we're going to be in, in New England. And all they want to do is go to the, a couple of really cool restaurants in New York City in the East Village where a former um, teen idol is now working as a busboy. And I forget, I forget <laughs> who the guy is. I forget the name of the restaurant. But this has become the cause celeb of this holiday trip. And I'm like, all right, we're, we're doing it. No problem. You know, get the address yeah. and we're there. So this is a way that we can adapt. And the same thing can happen for families with new babies. Here's another thing where a couple may have been just the two of them, and they were the younger members of the family. A new child is born, and they are stepping into the role of being tradition makers for the first time. Yes, and that's a beautiful place to be. And it's it great. And again, I'd say go back to, as you're talking about, go, oh, we did this when I was a kid. Oh, well, we did this when I was a kid. And I loved this and I love this. And you know, take the best of those and incorporate them and create your own new family traditions. And again, look at why you love that tradition. Because you'll find that you can blend different things, different traditions from the two families and create one new one. Wherever you're, you're getting to that spirit of doing the same thing, like, oh, I loved dinner because that's when you gathered together. Or I loved when we went and we, we went to this show. Our family all got together and we went to see the Rockettes Christmas show or whatever it is because it was about gathering. Go, okay, well, you love gathering and I love gathering, so how can we gather everybody together and do something really cool? That's an exciting time, don't you think, Lisa, when, when there is that opportunity to, to have something new happening in your life and, and to be able to bring that into your holiday season? Absolutely. And the gathering, the connection, that point of connection is the point of why we make these rituals, why we celebrate. It is about bringing people together to be connected, to celebrate one another, to celebrate our good fortune. And by good fortune, I'm not assigning a dollar value to it. The good fortune is the ability to, to congregate, to have fellowship, to create meaning out of the day, whether it has a religious significance or just celebrating today's day. Yeah, and you don't even have to be celebrating the same thing. I There was so much talk in the news and people arguing about whose holiday this is and what should we call it. And 
everything I've seen for any holiday celebrated this time of year is if you dig down at the core of it, the real thing is love. So let's just celebrate love, whether it's family or going out and volunteering and helping strangers, however you like to do that, just go ahead and, and celebrate that. I I wholeheartedly agree, and we are going to go to a break shortly, and I want to make sure that we give our listeners um, your contact information. Your website is www.heartfilledholidays.com. On Facebook, you are Heart Filled Holidays, and on Twitter, you are at Sandy, S-A-N-D-Y, Fowler, F-O-W-L-E-R. And once we return from the break, because we're going to close this segment out in a couple of minutes, um, I want to talk about kid-centric topics. In other words, the holidays can be a very complex time for, for families with young children and, and kids having meltdowns, the gimmies being uh, completely out of control because of what they're, they're seeing on TV and seeing in magazines. They, they want everything. And how do we handle that, Sandy? How do we handle when our children want everything that they see and touch? It is actually not as hard as you think, and it goes back to part of your discussion that you had in the first segment, and that is no, and no is a complete sentence. We want them to not only hear no, but be happy about our decision. You know what? They don't have to be happy about the decision. The answer is just no. And then younger children, obviously, we're going to go back to the basic parenting tactic, distract them with something else. Move them into another direction. Show them something else. And at this time of year, a great distraction is trying to point them to what could we do for somebody else. So if they're going, oh, I want this toy, I want this toy, and your answer is, no, we're not going to get that toy, but do you think there's a little boy or girl out there who might like to get that as a gift under the tree? Or could we find something another little boy or girl would like and move them along to that thinking of others and giving back? which is where I would love to jump back in when we return. This is a huge uh, component of what the holidays symbolize and a way that we can teach our children the meaning of gratitude, the meaning of service, um, how to create joy in the lives of others, and in return, the, the byproduct or the present for ourselves is, is greater joy. And this is the beauty of service, and this is what we can do and gift to our uh, children by setting an example and demonstrating this. So I love this. This is really important, how to, how to handle the children, how to make the holidays have a little bit different meaning for them so they can grow up feeling as though they uh, are satiated and satisfied and not always in need. You're listening to Harvesting Happiness Talk Radio with my guest today, Sandy Fowler, and we're talking about heart-filled holidays. Here come the tunes. We'll be right back. We know that life is tough and that happiness can and does live along with adversity. We'll be right back to explain how on Harvesting Happiness with Lisa Cypress Kamen on toginet.com. Like us on Facebook at Harvesting Happiness and on Twitter at HH Talk Radio. Lisa returns with more of Harvesting Happiness following this short break. Do you like Lisa's take on happiness, well-being, and human flourishing? Join us this spring as Harvesting Happiness launches online classroom programming where Lisa Cypress-Kamen will offer her workshop series across the globe and from the comfort of wherever you are. Visit HarvestingHappiness.com for more details. 
a part of the grateful good. Grateful Nation brings together patients, families, friends, and staff of Beth Israel Deaconess Medical Center to support the quality care and groundbreaking research at the medical center. Through new and traditional media, members of Grateful Nation share experiences, thank our caregivers and researchers, participate in sweepstakes, and gather to sponsor and host events and much more. Being grateful inspires others to be grateful as well. Isn't it time we jumpstart some perpetual gratitude? Visit Grateful Nation online to find out more at www.gratefulnation.org. Have a grateful day. Welcome back to Harvesting Happiness with Lisa Cypress-Kamen on Toginet, the show dedicated to promoting happiness because happiness is a choice and happiness can be cultivated and harvested. So let's get back to it. It's Harvesting Happiness on Toginet.com. And now back to your host, Lisa Cypress-Kamen. Welcome back to Harvesting Happiness Talk Radio. We are speaking about heart-filled holidays. And my guest is Sandy Fowler. She is a fellow TogiNet host. And prior to the break, we were talking about our children and how to help our children manage their expectations and their desires and their gimmies, their gimmies, buy me's, do for me's during the holiday. And I would say probably... Uh, some strategies that work for just about every day. So, Kimberly, we were talking about um, distraction as a tool for working with our younger children and how we can perhaps rewire their attention from um, giving to them to giving to others. This is a great time of year to work with our kids. I have been honored to have a few guests on my show who have taught me a lot about charitable donations and giving and how to really help our children get involved in that. And one of the things I've learned from them is to take it beyond just we're going to donate some money somewhere to really to find out what the kids are passionate about. Just take something they like and and it can be something they like to do. Like uh, one little boy love to play soccer. And so he started asking his friends and family, when you come to my soccer game, would you please bring a canned food to donate to the local food bank? Because he had he loved soccer and he had also seen uh, a, someone who you know had one of these signs, we'll work for food, and that had touched his heart. So his mom and dad sat down with him and helped him kind of figure out, how can I do this? Or if you have a child who loves animals, maybe get involved as a family and say, okay, you know, let's talk to the animal shelter and you can either see if you can literally go and physically help out or find out something they need. And then as a family, say, how could we get this for them? And, you know, maybe you can work together to raise the money for it. Or it might be something like, ooh, we can go through our things here. They need blankets and towels, old towels for these animals. So let's go sort through our stuff together and take it over there. Bring them in in age-appropriate ways to to help out or to raise money. You know, and you can do things as a family. You can just put the jar out on the kitchen table. You don't decorate it with a picture of whatever it is you're saving for for a charity and let everyone dump spare change in. 
or actively do something. This time of year, put out a notice in your neighborhood. Say, Friday night, we are doing gift wrapping. All donations go to the local Humane Society or all donations go to um, you know, our local grief group. Whatever you're passionate about. Do a babysitting night. Do something, to, to, but something yeah. that the kids can help with and, and really making them involved. We have a tendency to go do stuff and maybe tell them about it, but not to really pull them in. And these are tools for their own self-mastery. I mean, these are things that we can teach them now that will apply to life moving forward, to, you know, to being teenagers, to perhaps even learning a little bit about delayed gratification, which is a huge a huge one, and really one of the cornerstones of, of success as individuals. You know, how can we learn to delay gratification when we don't get what we want immediately and be okay yes. with that? Yes. And, and the other thing that happens when you do something like this, it helps you shift your focus of the season. So one, one word of caution is before you begin something like this, realize that it's going to take some of your time. So look at that full plate and that to-do list that you've created and, and jettison some stuff. Go, you know what, if we're going to be focusing like on this as a family, let's let this thing go or let's do less presents for us so I have to do less shopping and less wrapping or something in there you know we're going to buy our baked goods this year instead of doing this or we're going to go support a local bake sale we've there are a couple of organizations here by us recently who've had bake sales go in and buy your baked goods there support them and then it gives you know that frees up some time for you too let's talk about the all-threatening I am going to tell Santa if you don't behave (laughs) You know, (laughs) the worst thing a a parent can tell a kid. Yeah, and it's kind of funny, Lisa, because you just mentioned the concept of delayed gratification. And in a sense, this is the parental version of it, because we jump on something that feels like a shortcut to, to stopping the tantrum or getting the kid to behave. And the truth is, is that there just aren't any shortcuts. It's about good parenting. And so... One of the things I talk to people about, because I get this all the time, the kids are so squirrely this time of year. They can't behave. They're just, it seems like they're so difficult to deal with. And I say, yes, and let's take a little look in the mirror. <laughs> Mom, how are you doing these days? Are you your nicest? I mean, one of the stories I share when I do workshops is, I've gotten over it being embarrassing, I guess. You know, I think it was the second year my husband and I were married. And I'm at the top of the stairs, and he's standing at the bottom. It should be like a Romeo and Juliet scene, except this Juliet is, like, red in the face and just yelling at this guy going, you're not doing anything. I can't do anymore. There's not a spare minute in the day, and there's still so much to be done. And that, sadly, is the person that many families are living with. So... You know, if you're living with someone who is rushing and hurried and stressed, it's going to rub off. So first things first, take a look in the mirror and fix ourselves. You know, become a more peaceful person. And, and I know that you just there's a big sigh. Trust me, there are lots and lots of fairly simple ways to do it, like buying the baked goods. You know, if you go, oh, but we love to bake. Fine. Then pay the teenager down the street to wrap your gifts or, you know, whatever. There are hundreds of ways to shorten your to-do list. But get peaceful. And then also look at it and go, 
what issues do we have, parenting issues, big or small, throughout the year? Because I can guarantee that Christmas will amplify them. And then think about how would I deal with this during the year and do it at Christmas. Don't threaten Santa unless you really honestly will put coal in their stocking and no gifts under the tree. And I don't know a single parent who would do that. If you're not going to follow through on a threat, don't threaten them. It's, it's an attempt at a shortcut that's going to blow up in your face. And the, um, the the threatening with Santa, you know, especially if they're younger children, they don't remember. They they don't have a long attention span. They certainly are not going to recollect the memory, but they will remember that you were cross with them and that, that 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 there was no teaching opportunity in all of this. Yeah, and what was your purpose for Santa being part of your holiday traditions in the first place, too? I mean, seriously, what light do you really want to paint him in? And I know there's this whole elf on the shelf phenomenon. I, my kids were too old or I was oblivious when it started. One of the two. And, you know, I, I enjoy seeing pictures and stuff, but I have to admit that I'm glad I missed it because I don't think that I would have the patience to do that. And so people go, oh, but we have an elf on the shelf. That's fine. Let your elf on the shelf tradition just morph a little bit. Instead of the elf going up to the North Pole to report about whether you're bad or good, let the elf report something else. Or maybe let the elf bring news back from the North Pole. Now, let him bring little notes back about what's happening up there. And going back to this idea of giving, you could even tie that into it. You could tie in, ooh, the elves are doing something for, and again, choose your child's favorite charity. Or the elves are making toys for these little boys and girls, and they've really never had toys before. This is so cool. Whatever it is, whatever message you want to share with your kids, bring the it elf back. on the shelf. I love that. <laughs> I'm going I'm to try that with my teenager who just gave me a, a smack on the cheek. I should probably ask her. Do you know that we have an elf in the sh- on the shelf in this house watching all your actions? <laughs> on live radio, my 16-and-a-half-year-old is telling me that she, she knows that, uh, that we don't have an elf on the shelf because we're Jewish. <laughs> but, we have a, but we have an elf that has a yarmulke. So we have a, we have a Jewish elf with a yarmulke that is watching. <laughs> Does not reward uh, disrespectful children. <laughs> Very funny. Very funny. And that is that, that redefining traditions and being able to, to um, morph and adjust and redefine as the children grow older. So, the, you know, the humor takes on a little bit different tone, you know, and there are different ways of making the holiday season bright. We are almost out of time, and I want to touch on something that is really important, and that is the holiday blues. And we are not uh, devoting this show to psychology or crisis intervention, but I do want to mention that the holidays are a very difficult time for many, and that depression and sadness can set in when we are going through difficult times, when there is not a lot to necessarily be grateful or happy about in the moment. And I would love for you to just... um, add a pearl of wisdom that we can offer some of the listeners who may be coping with a little bit of the the winter blues at this moment. It really can be a difficult time because we think back on old memories and how happy that was. I actually just saw a quote this morning, and I don't remember it verbatim, but the essence of the quote was that happiness, one of the keys to happiness is not 
meditating for long periods of time on the past. So if you have a happy memory, it doesn't mean don't remember it. Remember it, but don't do it to the point where you sit there and start thinking about how life now isn't really good and can never be good again. One of the best antidotes to feeling blue, which is so, so hard to do when you are feeling blue, is to get up and to do something. I have uh, a grandmother who is in her 90s. And one of the things that was hardest for her with as driving became an issue is she said, you know, if she woke up and she was feeling blue, she would just go, she'd go up to the local mire or she'd go to the local library and just be around people and activities. She'd go to the library and watch the children, you know, as they would come out of their reading group or going to the senior center, doing something with people, whether it's calling somebody or writing a letter to somebody or going back to that giving back. I, I know another yeah, very wise woman who, yeah, who she always will tell me, she's, you know, one great way to realize that you don't have real problems is to talk to somebody who does. So while we, you know, everybody has difficulties, some are more difficult than others, that reaching out and being a gift of service to somebody else is a great, great antidote to this. When you are feeling blue at the holidays, when you are feeling sad, to reach out and be, someone else be a service. We yes. are out of time, Sandy, and I am so sorry to have to cut you off, but we, uh, we need to go. So wishing everyone heart-filled holidays with my guest today, Sandy Fowler. And here are a few thoughts before we part. Happiness is not a destination. It cannot be bought, sold, or traded. Happiness will never invite you to the party. Happiness simply comes down to a choice to show up each and every day in the world with passion, purpose, place, and meaning. Thanks for joining us on Harvesting Happiness Talk Radio. This is Lisa Cypress-Kamen and my guest today, Sandy Fowler and Kimberly Rinaldi, wishing you kind thoughts, kinder words, and the kindest of actions. Until next time, remember, happiness is an inside job. Happiness is your inside job. The very beautiful, brightest, and best holiday wishes to your you to ah, to you and yours. Take care, everybody. Join us every Wednesday morning live at ten to eleven Central Time here on Toginet Radio. Then harvest your own happiness anytime from the comfort of wherever you are with free downloadable podcasts.